Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Sorry about that. We are back. <laughs> we had some audio issues, and uh, they are fixed. Hopefully, uh, let us know in the chat down below. And as we were continuing to list off our guests, we have a dynamic duo coming in today. We have two members from Duel of the Ranks. We have Brody and Amanda. Let's bring Yo. them in. Hi. How is everybody? We're doing great. This is our third podcast of the week, so it's great that I never have like a shortage of things to say so especially awesome. on this week's episode of kenobi yes yeah, absolutely, yes absolutely where can we find you guys uh you can find us at duel of the ranks um all one word on twitter instagram and tiktok and then also duel of the ranks.com awesome awesome thank you guys for being on we appreciate it thank you kenny for letting us know that our audio is not dog shit Stringard, <laughs> i want my money back $200 back for the year. All right. And our final guest. Yes, let's bring in the 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 person who we thought uh was shorter than we expected. Uh Nidra <laughs> at Nidra loves cosplay. <laughs> Unmute yourself, Nidra. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's a funny story. So um when Nidra was rewatching the trivia tournament. She was uh, there as a as like a, a guest, and her she messaged me and she told me her friend saw it. And Luke, when Luke and I were talking about Nidra, and when Luke said she was shorter than uh, I expected, and then I said, "Well, tell me about it." And Nidra <laughs> came up and was like, "Oh my god, my friend messaged me and uh, blah, 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 talking about like how short she was and everything." And uh, <laughs> like I don't know, but it was it was a it was a funny little thing. But, oh uh, yeah, absolutely. So we love just to give you some context as to uh, her <laughs> and me we, bringing her in. And we love Nidra. We love having you on, uh, Nidra. Where can the good people follow you on the social medias? Oh, uh, Nidra loves cosplay everywhere except Twitter. Uh, that's Nidra loves Jedi because I do sometimes. Awesome, awesome. Thank you all for joining. Sorry about the technical issues. Hey, I already apologize. You don't if, have to you do can't, that. if you can't, if you can't tell that I'm really flustered because of that. But we're all here to talk about this week's episode in Kenobi, um, which we get a lot of talk about. Yeah, we got a ton. Uh, there's some things that about. happened that we are going to dive deep into because yeah. uh, uh, it's going to be a long conversation. Just talking about just a few of the scenes of this episode. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously the way we do this is that we ask questions and it's kind of just like an open dialogue. So just feel free to open up and, and just have a conversation. Um, Amanda is going to have to leave during this. So I want to kind of get this going so that we can get as much in as possible and we get to hear her thoughts. So, um, first question, first of all, um, kind of off topic, not off topic, but um, what was everybody's reaction to that opening scene? And how much did you, like, either A, shit yourself, or B, just, like, lose your goddamn mind? 
And <laughs> I, it, it, I, Amanda, I'll start with you. I woke up early, so I was like half asleep still. And my fiance and I like sat on the couch in the morning to watch it sort of like Saturday morning cartoons before work. And it first opens up on Coruscant. And it was sort of like your, your guys' live reactions to it all. At first, I was like, Coruscant, wait a second. And then it keep panning out. And I screamed so loud that my cats like bolted off of the couch and like ran across the room. And my mouth was so open. <laughs> my fiance looks over and he sees me drool. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very authentic drool but i feel like it was very warranted for the amazingness that we got on screen no oh, yeah a anybody else uh, anybody what was everybody else's reactions just jump on in yeah like i watched mine as early in the morning as i could i get up it was dark you know i had my cats on my couch with my husband and all of a sudden i saw correspond and i just started yelling like no 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 and I know my husband was like, what? What is wrong? What is happening? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like this, oh my gosh. Like I, I had a pillow. I was like a, you know, back seeing the, uh, Attack of the Clones is my favorite, like uh, episode two is my favorite film. And I was just like, I, I was, I was happy. I was incandescent is a good word. <laughs> hence why, hence why I wore the Attack of the Clones. I love it. Anniversary. I love it. Yes. You know, yes. We got we to represent. Love it. Being in Anakin so. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, I was, I was confused. I, I was like, they opened it up and I'm like, wait, Alderaan? I'm like, no, that's not Alderaan. And then it's, you know, they pan out and you see Anakin and you're like, oh, that's what they're doing. And then he turns around and he's old now and it's like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Brody, your thoughts? Oh my gosh. I think I was like eight or nine when Attack of the Clones came out. And that for me was star wars that's when i really jumped in you know got to meet you know Django fett and all those people and that was my first real like exposure to obi-wan kenobi uh growing up at that age and so seeing those two those haircuts and everything go at it i don't know i wasn't able to contain my excitement it was probably like 6 30 a.m and i'm just like screaming <laughs> <laughs> everyone else in the house is just like this nerd yeah. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't stop. Nidra. So you know, like the way <laughs> with like the old cathode ray TVs, like when you would like turn them off, how everything would get silent, like super yeah. silent, like you thought it was already quiet, but then like you turn off a TV that wasn't doing anything, you thought, <laughs> and then it gets like turbo quiet. My brain did the opposite of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't know I needed this. I was I was on another uh, sorry besties podcast. <laughs> uh, hey, we all know that we are your number one. So <laughs> for sure, always number one in your heart, always. Um, but like, so the the podcast that I was on, it was like also an after show, so it wasn't like a live reaction. But like, I I was saying like, I never thought about the fact that I wanted an Obi Wan Kenobi live action series I just didn't think it was fathomable as a thing to want um and I, so I've been like enjoying this ride the whole time and I didn't care if they ever showed us anything that happened before 10 years after clone like order 66 like I I would have been fine if everything was like present day but the scream that I scrumped when <laughs> When I saw the course skyline and 
our our beloved Anakin turning around and being like, oh, hello, it's me. Look, it's me. And I don't care how he looks. And he was smiling. Care. He was beautiful. He was perfect. He was, he he's, he's our boy. That's our boy. Yes, it is our boy. That was kind of like the last time you could truly be kind of uh, not like checking, like looking over your shoulders and like, watching from a private tab while you're like, or like incognito mode, like when you're being like, oh, Anakin's a great guy. Like, like that era, it, oh, just kidding. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to have, you're looking over your shoulder when Anakin yeah. is around, okay? I always, I always forget but, about, but yeah. The other, but, but the other thing like is- Pre-Anakin <laughs> and Padme's relationship. So it was like still that yearning that they hadn't like been together yet. So that also just destroyed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, no. wait, revision, quick revision. Yes. Um, the dyad is more than a podcast. Yes. So <laughs> like that's why. Oh, oh. hey, like, hey, hey, Jocko, like Jocko, I'm sorry, but that's one thing that we've got you beat at. <laughs> us. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've started off really hot Going here. down the gauntlet, yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, honestly, I think the greatest thing is is the way they use these use this scenario in this flashbacks. Because, mm -hmm. in a way, it's almost like Vader is, is thinking about that time, but it's also... I, I think the reasoning why they didn't de-age them is to show, like, Anakin thinking about what Obi-Wan is now and how he would look if if he were that age, if he were if if he hadn't gotten burnt a and hadn't lost all of his limbs, and like they were fighting, that's how mm -hmm. I think that's why they de-aged. They didn't de-age uh, Hayden. Well, or they didn't de-age it because Hayden Christensen still kind of looks the same as he well, did. Yeah, years. but you can see, you can see the wrinkles. But like, I had no issues with the de with with the no de-aging. I think I thought he looked great. That was his smile in one of the flashbacks was like. It oh, looks perfect. just like Attack of the Clones. Yes. It's like yeah. the picnic scene where he was smiling at Padme. No. The smile is exactly the same. Nothing's no, changed. Yeah. It is no. nice to see the discourse around men appearing to age instead of it just being on women. So, but still, mm -hmm. I don't think he should have been de-aged. No, yeah. But also, I think she's not like Ewan McGregor just doesn't age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the beard. Not Honestly, I think it's the beard. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but um, so why do you think Vader reminisced about that specific moment between him and Obi Wan during that opening scene? Don't all jump on jump on at once. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. Like, there's a lot. I think uh, that's a very general question because I feel like there was a lot happening. Like, not only in the lightsaber styles and like reflecting so many different like lightsaber moments like Deborah Chow is a fucking genius and like I love what they did and like the pulling back and the it was a it was a beautiful storytelling um god I have pregnancy brain what, I can't oh, I, I'm sorry I also I I'm sorry my brain went do 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 and I didn't hear the question so what was the question so, so we're off to a great start why do you think Vader reminisced <laughs> about the specific moment between him and Obi-Wan Oh, because it was something that was a lesson that kind of stuck with him that didn't click, I feel like. Like, mm. I feel like it's kind of like like this question, if I was listening and I just didn't, like, get it, <laughs> and then I, like, 
I was like, oh yeah, you know, like sometimes you'll ask someone to repeat something, even though you heard what they said. Mm -hmm. um, and it just takes your brain a moment. I feel like with him, he thought about this particular moment because it was, it felt significant. He never understood why it felt significant. And then at the end of that interaction, he had it click. Like it mm -hmm. finally sunk in. And I think that's probably why that uh, was the thing that sort of uh, peppered this episode. Yeah. Uh, Amanda Brody. I just feel like that's just this perpetual, I mean, back to what we were just saying, like just this lesson he always reflects on. I mean, the only other thing I could think that he dwells on so much would be that final fight on Mustafar, but there's so much in that case where he thought he won but there's so many little things that he just wasn't paying attention to because he was just so focused on the prize. And that's what this whole mm -hmm. episode's about. Don't get so focused on the prize that you can't see what else is going on around you, as we see with uh, that being Reva's fault at the end because she's so focused on Vader. So it's for me, it's this, this constant reminder, like, I want Kenobi, but don't don't just go charging in. Like, like when she's saying, oh, we... What did she say? Like, oh, we, you know, we, if, if, we, if they we, they can they can withstand for weeks, and he says we don't need weeks. Yeah, he's paying attention to everything else. He's like reminding himself of that lesson to say, yeah. let's just let's let's pay attention to our surroundings here. Let's not get too crazy, get gung ho, and we'll get what we want. I also think about when they first match up in part three and Vader delivers that line, "I am what you made me," and thinking about now vader slash anakin reflecting on his past in those moments and where obi-wan stood as f as far as like in that further along the jedi path and more strict to the code and what anakin was looking for and it almost highlighted that tension of he wanted to achieve something differently and they could not see eye to eye so it was there from the beginning, but it shows how it's all severed even further. No, yeah, Chocolate has a good, uh, good point. It's Vader. Uh, it's Vader's first step to get out of Obi Wan's shadow. I was but the learner. Now mm. I am the master. I need Chris to do that voice. Um, uh, Xcore, your thoughts? Um, so I, I don't read the flashback as as sort of something they're remembering at the same time. It's it's sort of like um, it's sort of like the, the narrator of this episode is that flashback. That's that's sort of how I look at it because it's 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 yeah. Granted, it's one of their memories, but it's also like this. It Star Wars is like poetry; it, it rhymes, rhymes, and and this is something that 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 they're going to go through again, and, and they and they go through it again even later. Um, you know, in episode four, that they meet again, and again, Vader is is so focused on Kenobi that he loses the real prize, which is the twins and the Death Star plans. I guess I have a follow up question to everyone. Do you think this is a dual flashback that they are both sort of remembering this at the same time, or? Is it just Vader's flashback? And if so, is it a reliable narrative? Is he a reliable narrator in how those events went down? Man, that's I think I think it I is thought. I think it is simultaneously because I mean I think that was foreshadowed with the back to tank scene at the beginning of episode Agreed. four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like that was like the first instance where they are having the same thought process. 
but they're both looking at it from a different perspective. So, I mean, I think it's they're thinking about it at the same time. Yeah, I think it. I think it. I, I think it's at different points though, because mm-hmm. Vader is the one that is first initially thinking about it, and then once Obi Wan like is like he'll come, like that's what he's going to do, and then it flips right back to the flashback to where Obi Wan is, and it's and it's fantastically done because I believe during that back to tank scene is is where their connection really was the strongest, and now we're seeing it through this flashback and now they're both remembering at the same time. Uh, so I, I also kind of see it like that here. Am I the only one who didn't really think they were, I thought it was more like a narrative storytelling device yeah. or like yeah. maybe they remembered parts of it. I didn't see it as like a joint flashback, like force vision or anything. I didn't but, either. Yeah. Okay. Hey, okay. I mean, Hey, we, we've got, we've got all different types of views on this. I, I really, really like, yeah, that. I don't think it's as much as like they thought about it. They thought about it at the same time, but they, they both remember it, but mm-hmm. they see it in a different way that juxtaposes each other. Uh, that's just, that's just me. And yeah. And then what Brooke said in the chat too, the narrator was informing us of the reasons behind the actions of the characters in the present day. I don't necessarily think that they are remembering that exact moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that like literally Thrawn Alliance's moment. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. But no, so like, um, I promise I'm not going to go on a tangent about Mr. Robot. I love doing it, but I'm not going to do it today. <laughs> but Deborah Chow directed one of my favorite episodes of Mr. Robot, and you don't need to know a whole lot about the show to to understand why I drew a connection. I don't think it was from that episode. It might have been from that episode, but a character said you're too busy staring at what's in front of you and you're not seeing what's above you. And so like, that was like, oh, and they said, what's above you? And it's like, God. And like throughout the concept, throughout like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm getting into Mr. Robot. But anyway, like <laughs> God as uh, in this context to me, when I think about like what's above you and what's not in front of you is like the force and the fact that like, the force is sort of, depending on how you look at it, uh, either a completely neutral and balanced thing or something that will always push for what's the best for whoever overall, I guess. I don't know. But like that reminded me of that. And so I had to say that before I forgot it forever. And now I was like, these, I'm like, taking notes now. But um, yeah, same. I didn't think about it as uh, a dual memory. I just know it went from that flashback to Vader. And so to me, that was saying this was a memory that Anna, that Vader was having. Um, and it was kind of in the back of his mind the entire time. And it informed that interaction with Reba. And it was kind of why he could suss out what she was doing because he remembers not having that patience. Hmm. Also, oh, can I go on my tangent about patience? So something, <laughs> something that I noticed, since patience and delayed gratification is a recurring theme in this, who was the first person that we saw in the tombs? Spoiler. Yup. Yeah. And what was his big lesson to Ahsoka when she um, lost her lightsaber? Well, Tara Sanube mm-hmm. taught her that um, you have to... Uh, it was something about like, like slowing yourself down, in order to. I'm I'm not remembering the exact quote, but it had something to do with like, pacing yourself. Yep, and being patient, and mm-hmm. 
understanding that the quickest payoff that you can get is not always the best, right? Mm -hmm. And then we had the moment where Obi-Wan was like, we can't wait to get Leia. We have to do this now. So the what I got from that was that the answer is somewhere in the middle, balance, where you have to pick your spots. You have to know. <laughs> Brooke. Yes. <laughs> but like where you have to pick your spots, where patience is good, but sometimes you don't want to wait too long. And sort mm -hmm. of it's kind of indicative of what Vader did a little here, where he gave them enough time to sort of come up with a plan and sort things out. Like, it's, it's, I feel like Thrawn has said something about this. Like, he said something I'm about, sure. like, yeah. being masterful and knowing when to strike. I swear that, man. Okay, anyway, that's it. <laughs> And Wait, is that the fourth member of the Pod Once podcast, Chewy? It is. Chewy. Chewy makes a con makes a uh, appearance because he's being naughty. But anyway, uh, but moving into the 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 uh, next question, how does when so when Obi Wan I think Obi Wan's uh, reading uh, reading the uh, all the quotes on the wall, he reads one. He says, uh, "The light will fade, but it's never forgotten." How does that uh, that quote relate to Obi-Wan at this point in his life? He's not there yet. He's almost there. He, he's not there yet. He's starting to get his groove back. Like yeah, he's, yeah. we like, talked on um, Duel of the Ranks when um, Obi-Wan starts giving commands to like check out and close down each of the entrances. The music swells and is like this very hopeful and it's like General Kenobi stepping up again and like being that leader. And even if he's not totally ready, it is sort of like muscle memory to him. And that's what I got from that. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like it's like, uh, don't forget why you started. Um, and sort of like remembering what got him where he is and what his original goal was, was to protect Luke, right? So like, just, and maybe not even like literal memory, just sort of like, um, it's all like the force always sort of being there, even when he cut himself off from it, even when he's like, I'm sorry, I am a meat packer, leave me alone. Like, it was still in him then. And I think that's just sort of like, you can't, you can't get that out of your blood. The force is like a venom, uh, says the Book of Sith. Well, like the Grand Inquisitor says, the Jedi Code is like an itch. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, anybody else got anything to add on on that quote? And where do we think it does it fit Obi Wan, or is it like X Core and Amanda were saying, is that he's still kind of getting back into his mojo? Oh, he'll, he'll be there by the end of this end of the show. Uh, yeah, but it, it's he's getting there. <laughs> yeah, like the quote is, "The light will fade, but it is never forgotten." Change the to my. And that's essentially what it is. My light will fade, but it is never forgotten. That's essentially yeah. what Obi-Wan is at this point in time. Yeah. And or our. And you think yeah. about how he leaves Luke in A New Hope. He looks over so confidently knowing that, like, Vader then is distracted by Obi-Wan in the way that Reva says that he will be, but isn't this time. Um, so I like to think of how that starts to bleed into what we see 
between their fight and a new hope. I love that. So do you think that's why he can't access or communicate with Qui-Gon yet? Like, I'm still really hoping for a cameo or voiceover at the end. You will. You will. You will. Yeah. Yeah, But like, he hasn't quite, you know, got himself together or attached to the force or whatever, you know, at that point. But he... Because, okay, so Ewan has talked about a season two, right? Or like if they do another one or something further. I know it was a limited series, but there's a lot of talk about that. Is it just going to be Obi-Wan badassing his way through the desert? Or does he have more to grow? Like, I can't imagine him being full general uh, Kenobi by the end of the next episode. I don't know. Maybe I'm just skeptical. But I'm just curious if you think it has any tie-ins to why he can't communicate with his old master. Yeah. But yeah. I, I definitely, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, no, go, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I definitely was thinking the same thing. And something that Deborah Chow has been doing masterfully is pacing the progress of Obi-Wan. And, and uh, I saw people complaining about like the jumpiness of the fight scenes up until recently. And it's like, because in universe, he's not a good enough fighter to um, support a long shot, choreography like the situation like it's not going to work it's not going to be interesting to watch for an audience so of course you are getting this sort of like shaky cam stuff like people are walking headfirst into the point still missing it um but every single episode we've gotten more we've gotten more and more of our boy and it's not like they're nerfing him it's like he's earning it's it's serving the time that was in between and what in my head, I don't care if this doesn't happen. I'll be fine. I promise. But like, if he trains Riva, if she goes to Tatooine and starts training with him, that could kind of give him a way to sort of push past whatever boundaries or whatever. Or even if he trains Leia a little, you know, like just sort of anything to sort of like tap back into being a master and like teaching people and having these teachable moments because i that's consistently a thing that makes a jedi stronger next four yeah i I just i always say about the force when people talk about jedi training the jedi don't train to master the force they they train to master themselves the force is a connection between yourself and the rest of the universe so yeah some something takes some things take practice but um, if we look, if we look really at the High Republic, and one of the reasons I love the High Republic uh, is because of all the Force lore you get when they're training um, uh, Bell yes. to stop himself from falling. No one gives him explicit instructions. It's just like, nah, dude, you just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Like you just got to do it. And then when the time comes, and it's either. You know, and he's he's got to save the girl. It's what it's exactly what he does. So, the force isn't a set of super abilities. It's a connection between yourself and the the rest of the universe. And so, yes, there is skill and there is mastery and there is combat and there is all that. But you you don't get there through practice. You get there through meditation. It's an amazing point. Brody, amazing. Yeah, no, I think everyone's already hit the nail on the head for me. I mean, especially what Char was saying before. It 
so much so applies to him and by the fact that and especially in that setting where how long was neil armstrong actually on the moon when did europe start speaking english did marco polo really go to china curiosity stream is the streaming service for all things history plus science wildlife and more what's the real story behind the mona lisa we've got that what caused the collapse of rome we know where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor come find out for the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson razor. Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com slash holiday. I forget the character's name. Ice Cube's son. Roken. Uh, yeah. He still remembers him as a general now i don't know if they're pulling from eu or what's what's going on there but he's not really a part of the jedi order anymore but people still revere him in that light um people still know of what he's done in the past and there's that expectation that he's gonna come to the plate and deliver because they know who he is they know what he's capable of and he might not 100 percent see it in himself and he might not believe in himself to do that but with leia in the situation it's kind of like, all right, whatever it takes. And so that that's what I'm thinking of when, when I saw that scene. No, yeah. And I mean, it's a good point. Uh, like in Brotherhood, it's specifically like you get the feel of like 2003 Clone Wars, Obi-Wan, Anakin. Like those are like the, the tales of the Clone Wars. And that's what people have grown up with. And those are the stories that they know of the Jedi after the Empire. Uh, I mean, minus the whole Empire propaganda saying that they had portrayed the Republic and betrayed Palpatine. But, like, some people just have those memories, and that's why I think he kind of understands who Obi-Wan is and what he's about. Um, but I, I think that's so so amazing. Uh, and it's... It, this whole episode is just full of everything. And, yeah, I mean... Like, like Luke, that... There was like one scene, like this to kick off like this episode with how season four, uh, not season four, uh, part four ended with Lola, yes, uh, getting a tracker placed in her to to kickstart what happens in part five, and this is essentially what triggers the plot of this episode, and they see that the the hatch is open above them, and then it closes because Lola starts going into the wiring and starts you know twisting all this all this mechanics that were set up to lock them in so that the empire can infiltrate them and then roken and obi-wan talk and roken says that he has maybe a few hours to fix it and then obi-wan's like make it one and then you see yeah. the general of him come out yep. and display itself for like the one final battle um oh, yeah. absolutely but, and and then roken's like well i'm not gonna be climbing up in vents I'm, I'm too big for that and then uh leia comes up with one of the most the best response that Kid Leia could ever come up with is that I'm going to need a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was dying laughing when she said that. I was like, that is such a perfect but funny response to say in the midst of being locked in and being hunted down by the Empire. And um, Roken seems to like looking at this little girl and questioning why Obi-Wan trusts her because she's just a child. 
But then Obi-Wan says, well, I trust her. And then, well, because Roken trusts Obi-Wan and then I, and then Obi-Wan trusts her. So that, that, that tells Roken like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll help her. I'll help her uh, do it because uh, since Obi-Wan yeah. trusts her, I trust her, which leads to the question, which is Obi-Wan says that he trusts Leia. Do you think he would have had the same sentiment if baby Anakin was in the same position? What made her win his trust so easily? We'll start with Brody. That's such a tough question. <laughs> Which is why I give it to you. I know, I know, because I have all the answers. No, <laughs> I, no, I don't know. I mean, when you think back to episode one, uh, he just and before he's even really met Anakin, he throws the biggest shade his way when he asks Qui Gon. He's like, "Why do I have the feeling we've picked up yet another pathetic life form?" And so, seeing where he's gone from that to just basically disliking kids to all right here's a little girl who's just got this commanding presence i fully trust her i mean i don't really know maybe there's some so much of her mother that he sees in her that they tied in from a few episodes ago and he just remembers what padme could do and because of that tie-in he's like okay I'm, i'm bought in i bought into her potential let's just see what happens i can't get a whole lot worse so go um mm-hmm. that's that's the only reasoning i could get in something out of that scene yeah and i think that that directly uh, re- uh relates to when um where obi-wan mistakenly calls her leia when they were disguised as luma and uh um I'm, I'm forgetting what owen uh obi-wan's undercover name was um but uh, the no. scene where obi-wan talks about whenever i look at her it reminds me of her mother and it's like he has like this this unique connection to Padme, which is slowly yeah. just seeping down into Leia and why he trusts her so much. And obviously that's one of the reasons why he also trusts Luke so much and yeah. why he believes in him so much because it's like what Padme fought for, it's it would not die with Obi-Wan. It would get passed down from Obi-Wan to the children. So now I see Luke being Anakin's son and Leia being Padme's daughter because uh, go ahead Luke I I think you switch it Really I see oh yes Leia is very much like Anakin Oh yeah very, I, I can very see the argument like, to be made very rebellious she's, she's, she's he's she's very really, she's really not but go ahead But she is <laughs> But she's, she's not. Looking, she's, Everyone, looking, she's looking up at the Next on Duel of the Ranks. He's looking up out on the ships, just like Anakin would have done in Mos Espa in episode one. He, she is so, like, rebellious, just like Anakin. Just okay, like Anakin. But, but, but. Okay, go. Okay, so here's, here's, so, the, difference. Here, here's the difference. And, and we, get this, we get this in episode four. Put Anakin in that same spot with Reva. He's gonna he's gonna try to get out of it physically, whereas Leia thinks her way out, and that's exactly the same type of thing between Padme and Anakin. Well, Anakin I also want to his way out of like anything. He's he's always grabbing for his lightsaber or force pushing somebody. Yeah. Like that's the difference, and that's the difference between Luke and Leia. Luke's Luke's first reaction is. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm there. I'm in. I'm. I'm. I'm grabbing my lightsaber. I'm grabbing my blaster. I'm. I'm in. Okay, go, Amanda. 
I like that comment about how uh, Leia and Padme were raised in a more upper class society. That is a that's a big um, that's a good call out. But I wanted to call out in Rebels when we see Luke and Leia, and Leia is running trade already and moving transports, and she's making deals, and Luke is just like blah 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 blah, like you know, playing with his toys. He like we open up on a new hope, and he has this like like he's just like a kid you know and the maturity between the two of them is very obvious like the first time we see luke is him running away from responsibility and hiding on the roof of the house and like pretending he's pod racing meanwhile leia is like also running away a self-starter that's true but we there's like a huge maturity difference between the yeah. two of them. And you can't say that Padme is less mature than Anakin. So Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Bail, yeah, there's a lot of bail in, in Leia as well. But like I, I can see there there's there they've got so much of their parents, both of them do. Mm-hmm. And like the way that it's shown throughout this show is just done fantastically. And I and and anybody that says that Deborah Chow doesn't know Star Wars can kiss my ass because literally she has knocked it out of the park every single time she's been called on. So I never doubted Deborah Chow. No, me, me, me neither. She's, can, I jump, uh, can I jump in? Can I jump in? Yeah, yeah, go, 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 <laughs> Please. Oh, go, go, go. Okay. <laughs> so on Twitter, I started a thread about Deborah Chow's episode of Mr. Robot. <laughs> oh no, here out. we go. Here we go. Hear me out because you guys actually made something click. Literally in the episode that she directed, there was a time crunch. And one of the hackers just copied and pasted some malware and got called a script kitty. Like that's that just means someone who doesn't really know what they're doing or whatever, who's like steal scripts to like whatever. She was like, we're on a time crunch. I did what I could do. And like a, 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 a malware detector caught it or whatever. And so um, in this episode, our big MacGuffin or red herring, our red herring is literally red. It's Lola. <laughs> and we've got this like really low level tech that she's just like, oh, get that out of here. And she just tosses it and it's over and things work. And it's sort of like, there's a parallel to that too. There's so much about intention, time, doing what you could, the best, the best you can do in the time constraints and the restraints that you have, whatever. Leia has proven herself consistently good at thinking on the fly. A hundred percent. That's why I would trust her. Like her and Anakin were both kids and you can only trust kids so far in these high stress situations, right? Or in in any situation, but like in high stress situations, you can only trust kids so much. But Leia has consistently proven herself since the first time she made a mistake and she was like, I'm sorry, I messed up. I'm not going to do that again. And she's done nothing but not mess up since then. And she's proven herself. And that's why Obi-Wan without a second's hesitation was like, that little girl says, get me a ladder, get that girl a ladder because she knows what time it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kier, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm glad someone said it. Like, I think both Luke and Leia have attributes of Anakin and Padme, 
but I don't think you should discount Leia just because she's Padme and Anakin's kid. Like she's this incredible, young, but incredible woman who, like Nidra said, has proven herself. And I think also, maybe, if Obi-Wan's more connected with the Force, maybe he just can kind of sense it too. Like he just doesn't, he's in that zone, right? Uh, you talked about him being more general-like, you know, and it's like he just knew, he made a decision like he would in Clone Wars, trusting certain clones, trusting certain people. He just had that feeling, whether it was based on Leia's past actions or the Force or whatever, um, didn't even hesitate, nor should he, honestly. It was the right choice. So I'm, I loved it. Loved it. Harith, I haven't heard much from you. I mean, everyone's bringing up good points. Why would I? But <laughs> in, in, like, <laughs> I was going to. He doesn't want to interrupt right. the flow. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> we've we've had we've had some good conversations. No, yeah, but your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think everyone's right. Like, I think Leia has a combination of both uh, Padme and Anakin, so I think that's right. I think Obi Wan, like Kira saying, he's just in his groove. Leia's just he's trusted her so far. Like, why shouldn't she? Like, she's been useful this entire series. I think. Tala's advice near the like end of the episode like sticks with Obi Wan with like the four, so it's like he's even more connected more than ever by the end of this. So it's just like why not trust Leia after all? No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we move into like the next uh, phase here. So Obi Wan gets the uh, the message from Bale, and uh, he, Tala comes and talks to him. And she talks about her first interaction with the Force sensitives and how she didn't know what they were going to do. And then she pulls out her gun and in her holster, she has uh, tallies of how many uh, Force sensitives she has saved. Now, thinking back, do you think Obi-Wan thought of Anakin and Ahsoka's game of counting the amount of droids they cut down when Tala showed the marks on her holster? How was Tala's meaning behind her marks different from Anakin and Ahsoka's? Don't send me on my droid tangent. Like, please, literally <laughs> anyone else take I that. mean, you've been on a lot of tangents. What else is new? I love uh, it. I, but the droid one is a really specific one that I don't think is entirely relevant right now. Um, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to build off what yeah. Adrian says. It's, I think it's more of like a... I don't think it's like a game. I think it's more of like, they took them from me. I'm going to take... I'm going to like make sure like those 14 people that died, they really feel what happened. I don't think it's like... Yeah. I don't think there's much of a comparison here. I think it's more of like, Tala's like, I've seen what the Empire has done. They're going to do it again. I'm make sure it's not going to happen this time. Yeah. Okay. It, it's it's a, lot, a much different thing. I think it's... How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. And we're back. How we doing, Anna? Well, Todd, things are heating up. 
Ooh, yes, Nelson with the jalapeno poppers. Incredible. Ramirez comes in hot with a cheeseburger, patty, lettuce, tomatoes. Beautiful formation. Is he? <gasps> He's going for it. Ramirez grabs the dude's mayo. Look at it go. The Twang. Anna, this is the best tailgate I've ever commentated on. Tailgate with Twang. Get the official mayo of the tailgate. Duke's mayo today. So Anakin and Ahsoka had a game. That this isn't. This isn't a game. Okay. So you guys interpreted that entirely different. So, so I'm Team Droid Rights. Um, oh, hey, yeah. hey, I, hey, we support. Yes, I support Droid, Droid Rights too. Uh, except for D Squad. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> except D Squad. Yeah. Okay, D Squad me... wasn't the worst part of that episode. Let's be real. It's the little That's guy. That's very true. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. what oh, is the greatest thing to ever happen to Star Wars? No. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, that yeah. is a more BZ. Well, we'll we'll move on from that one. Uh, <laughs> let's get into Reva. Let's get it's. I think it's Reva time to be honest, because she's got a lot going on in this. Well, episode. it's Morbin time all the time, but it's Reva time it, now. It, so. Don't you mean it's Morphin time? Morbin. Morbin time. Oh, oh my god! Oh, Luke doesn't know. I, I don't. I didn't watch that sh- crappy movie. Most people, most people who the are making those movie jokes of our have century. it. That's friend. I don't know how to tell you this. That's the whole. That's the whole point of the shit post. And then we're just like, oh yeah, here it goes again. Yep. So I uh, somebody made a video on that. Just and I have to. I have to repeat it so that people understand how freaking hilarious it is. They released it in a thousand theaters and made less than eighty-five thousand dollars back. So they made less than eighty-five thousand eighty-five dollars per theater. <laughs> Jeez, math. Like, ah. Math, it's great. Somehow Morbius has taken over our podcast. Um, now there's a, a, a petition with over one hundred and fifty or fifteen thousand uh, signatures or, or something, something ridiculous to uh, release in the third act. Jesus, <laughs> we were both uh, that weekend. We promised we'll watch it again. So we uh, we we get to uh, the interesting thing earlier in the episode with with Reva and Obi Wan having that kind of force whisper kind of conversation. Which is very, very important to all of the naysayers, all of the people that did not like Reva's Reva's character. It's called patience, motherfuckers. It's called watching the whole goddamn show through till the end. It's it's called foreshadowing and a payoff. It's called what a concept. It's called it's called what? watching it till, watching it till the end, literally. This was like the biggest payoff because I like literally if you paid attention, Reva was that child. Like you could pull it out in the first episode. Yeah, I said it. I said it immediately. Like we'd all see the pictures of Moses Ingram, and then we see this little girl. I'm like, oh, 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 that's what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, that's that's a thing. Okay. I'm sorry if you didn't catch on to that. Like that's fine. That's great. But don't use that as an excuse of why this show stunk for four episodes. Get no, the hell out of here. Also, it's just so dry clean brain to be like, hey, um, this show is like these those plot holes. This person seems really childish. Okay. I hate it. It's bad acting. And like 
I don't know this person's entire backstory two episodes in. This is trash writing. And then being like, see, this episode is everything we wanted. Yeah. Episode yeah. one through four. And it's like, why do you think that is, friend? Why do you think, <laughs> like, if, it, like why, if, if we started with this episode, right? There would have been complaints about, oh, how yep. does like, uh, da, 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 da. how does this this like inquisitor? She just happens to She'd know be a Mary Sue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's dead ass, just like I feel like there's just this wild brain rot that's happened in terms of treating TV series that are serialized like what they are, which are movies with extra time to flesh things out like it's an ongoing story give it freaking time like and it was blowing my mind because like better call Saul was airing kind of around the same time uh as it started and there's none of this kind of discourse on the internet about that show and it really got me into this like k-hole of thinking about what is it about star wars that breaks people's brains to why they expect to have all the answers immediately. And it's because this is a 50 year old property and most of the stuff already exists. And so it's these persisting stories that chaps people's like lips in palms because they, they're like, I need to know everything all at once. I need to be able to hop on Wikipedia or whatever and like find out the answers. I can't talk with my whole chest and be an expert and impress my nerd friends if this story has not told itself. And it's just like, for the love of God, let yourself have this. We are getting a live action Obi-Wan Kenobi series with Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor. Your inner child would be thrilled that your inner child would be eating this up, but instead your like content oriented brain, you're needing to have all the answers and be cool and be able to posture yourself amongst other people who let's not even get into like the micro identities that like feed into like, I can't know less than this person, you know, like nonsense. Yeah. All but, of it is just robbing these people of, of an amazing experience that yep. I'm lucky to have my bubble of friends engaging in good faith with the series. And we are yep. having a freaking blast. Yes, exactly. Exactly, Nidra. Amanda, I know you got a jet here pretty quick. Um, let I want your thoughts on this last question uh, here. Um, what separates her from the other Jedi uh, younglings that survived, whether it be Cal, whether it be Kanan, whether it be, um, well, he's not a youngling, but other Jedi's experiences with with surviving Order 66? And why do you think she blames Obi-Wan? And then also where we can find you um, and so on and so forth. That's a great question. Um, Well, I think she blames Obi-Wan because... Obi-Wan is essentially responsible for training him and raising him and leading him down the right path. So it's kind of like blaming your father or something for how your kid turned out. Um, But I am so intrigued that we got a survival story from inside the Jedi Temple. We also know that Grogu was in the Jedi Temple. And I was waiting to see like some sort of like... 
I don't know, a peek at where he could be or another Jedi or some, like, how did he get out of there? I want to start seeing that piece together. Um, but I think getting this first, like, real firsthand POV account of Anakin walking in, and especially when she said, I thought he was there to save us. Oh, yeah. That, that. was brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, that was that that was real tough. But yeah. um Amanda, thank you for coming on. You know I'll be back. Oh yeah, you'll you'll be back for Rebels. But where can the good people find you? Um you can find me every Thursday night, same time as Pod Ones is when Duel of the Ranks um records live. So if you ever get bored of them, you can join our stream as well. <laughs> or just um, double monitor. Yeah, there you go. Lurk. Um, we're also, um, at Duel of the Ranks on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then if you want to interact with me personally, I am at coldbrewwoo underscore. And I talk a lot about Star Wars and other TV shows, so. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I can't Thanks for having me on. It was great meeting to, all of you. Can't wait to have you on more stuff. Yeah. We will talk to you later. See ya. Have a good one. Brody, question to you now. Yes. <laughs> I, I know you've been sitting back. I know you you didn't quite <laughs> enjoy Reva's character. Good, the good no, no. irony there. That's what I was laughing at. But but no, but she's a good have, character. But you have you have taken it back. Now I want yeah. your I want your answer to the same question. What separates her from the other younglings that survived or other Jedi's that that she survived that, that survived? Yeah. And I, I also want to preface, like, I do think Reva, I think she's she's an interesting character. We've had this discussion many a times. The I had a hot take last week on our show that I think it would have been a little bit more interesting of a show to come out, have that parallels out the gate between Vader and Obi-Wan. That's from, from the beginning to where they are now with one big clash at the end. That said, while that's not the show we have, I'm still really much so enjoying this ride i really like reva as a character i want to see more if there is that inquisitor show does end up happening i'd love to see her as a main character if, what wherever she's at in the universe if she lives throughout this if she can infiltrate the inquisitor forces i don't know but i really dig what she's about um and what separates her i mean obviously that i think most of the jedi we see past that obviously grogu and kanan holding on to whatever's left of that Jedi order. And there's this, this, I don't know. It's almost like living in nostalgia 24 seven where they're just kind of sad or bummed out about it. Or when Grogu thinks about it, it's just this state of depression. Fear. It's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to like, just to reflect back on that. Whereas when she reflects back anything involving that, she uses that pain to give her strength. And obviously it's tapping into the dark side to do that. But I don't know. That's that's something that I mean. She's using the exact same memories, but to fuel a completely different emotion, uh, to fuel a different part of her strength. And so, I don't know. I think she's an interesting character for that reason. Glad she's not dead. I want to see what happens in the next episode. Um, I'm glad that the writers <laughs> didn't uh, did not go the way of where many Star Wars fanboys were on YouTube the last few weeks saying, "Oh, she, she should have been killed off episode four. Oh, she should have been killed off episode five. I'm glad she's still alive. I want to see a lot more because she's 
definitely a super interesting character. X-Core, I know Amanda was talking, and I know you were chomping at the bit. Oh, I just, like, I literally agree with basically everything she said. <laughs> More <laughs> or less. Like, like the, the difference between Reva and everyone else is, like, she literally watched it happen. She, she, and she saw basically the greatest, one of the two greatest generals in the Clone Wars turn, turn on the order. Like, that's, that's the difference. Like, all the rest of them saw the clones attack the Jedi. Every single other person who survived Order 66, that's what they saw. But Reva saw one of her own storm the temple. Yeah. And that's and that's the difference. So when everyone else looks back on the Jedi Order, they can they can see the teachers of the Jedi Order and they can remember that part of it. Reva just sees the failure. And it's the same thing that Obi-Wan has been going through these past 10 years. Whenever Obi-Wan looks at the past, all he can see is his failure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, when, and when she asks, where were you? He thought he was ending the war. Yeah. Like, and, and that, like, you get his reaction. It's like, where were you? It's like, I was, I, I thought this was, this was it. Like, yeah, I was taking out Grievous. Like I thought, this was this was me ending the war. Yeah, this was it. This was this was this was the end of the war. And and then he he comes back and the temple's on fire, and it's like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, really. Kier, your thoughts. Oh, I know God. you're about ready. I know I know you're about ready to cry, but I am pregnancy hormones. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. guys, I cry at everything, especially Star Wars. Um, but I mean, honestly, it's, it, people nailed it on the head. I hadn't thought about. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. I, everybody brought up some really good points. And I think it's, I'm personally loving the fact that we're seeing a lot of gray, you know, we have like Sith and Jedi, right? But we have Reva, who has a red kyber crystal. We have Reva, who's been working for the Inquisitors, has killed who knows how many people just to get to Vader, because he, like her, it's not so clear cut. 
right? Yeah. It's not so like, well, this is the light side and this is the dark side. And you you can be somewhere in the middle and there can be this like complicated, interesting um, aspect to the force and to how people use it rather than just, I think how maybe the first generation of Star Wars fans view it as, or, you know, my parents, my mom was like, is she Sith? I don't know. And I'm like, no, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be, right? It can be this like in between um place where there's all sorts of uh, opportunities for perspectives and stories and yeah. yeah I love Reva I want to know more but I also want to know more about other people like her and I feel like Star Wars is moving in that direction and I want to find out more about that not just the Bendu in the middle but like other people who are force users and I think you know we're going to get more of that I mean I'm excited that we're seeing it in something so like iconic as like Kenobi I was yes learned at first that they you know were afraid of like the fandom menace or whatever and like we have Fuck to stick em. to these well-known darth vader obi-wan because you're dealing with these huge characters right it's a yes. big big sandbox so anyway i'm rambling but i'm i'm very excited with the direction that it's going and the direction they've taken reva and how we're going to see that play out in stories to come harith i know you did this <laughs> i know you wanted to say something so I would say on the topic for Reva's like character alignment, I would say she's unaligned, but she's definitely dark side. Like as much as her goal is noble, it's mm -hmm. still revenge. Like the Grand Inquisitor yeah. says at the end of the episode, revenge does for the will who wants to live. Like we know <laughs> her like quest is still revenge. I feel like next episode, she's going to try to kill Luke as like a, like Obi-Wan, why did you just leave me here to die with Vader, like, I thought we were doing this together. So I think that's kind of like her path here. It's like, I don't think she's going towards redemption. I think she's full into the dark side. No, yeah. Charlie? Well, I called this out when we were doing our reaction to the episode with the posters for the Grand Inquisitor, the Fifth Brother, Obi-Wan, and Reva. Reva. The Grand Inquisitor and Fifth Brother have their eyes on Kenobi. Obi-Wan has his eyes on Vader. Reva has her eyes on Vader. So that was the one clear indicator that foreshadowed that she was trying to go after Vader. But we were kind of second guessing that for a little bit. But it was certain that she is knowing that she was that youngling that we saw in the very first episode. Yeah. So I love that her character is so much more than just the typical Inquisitor. Because the Inquisitor is just like, hunt the Jedi, do this, and just listen to Vader. That's it. Reva is just taking, just changing what, she's a different Inquisitor. She follows a different path. She wants to get revenge, but revenge in kind of a, a very dark, but a, a, a good way in a way, in a sense. She's trying to get revenge for Anakin for murdering her friends. Yeah. And it's been, it's been 10 years since that happened. So she's been sitting in the shadows planning this. For a long time but it ended up with vader knowing all along that she was hiding she obviously was faking she was playing dead when she, in the temple yes. um and the scene where vader's like did you think that i did not notice it yunling oh. it was like that was such a powerful scene and Va uh, vader was aware of what Reva was wanting to do for the longest time. And I find it so funny at the end of the episode, we just see the Grand Inquisitor just walk out. 
Like he was just in a closet this whole time. Just like, oh, she did this, Vader. All right, cue, uh, cue you going uh, and taking her down and making her seem like she's important and then, you know, lure out what her plan is. And I think Reva, as of chapter five, is an amazing character. Yeah. No, I, she's just an amazing character altogether. Um, and I never second guessed it. No, yeah. Uh, now we're gonna get get into kind of. Go, Nitra. Go, Nitra. Go, go, Nitra. Go. Come on, bestie. All right. Like, Let gotcha. me say my piece. Gotcha. Go something, I didn't, something I didn't hear mentioned is the fact that when she witnesses this, she's a literal child. Yes. So she's perceiving all of this as a child and a child's understanding of that is adults are here to help adults mm -hmm. are here to protect us especially the adults that i know and trust so when she saw anakin come there she was like oh we're saved and when she saw he was doing what he was doing the guy who's his like teacher his master was nowhere to be found so like that's like every it's sort of like escalating a situation up like tell your teacher okay if your teacher isn't here you tell your school counselor or tell your principal or whatever and that wasn't an option for her no. so the way that an eight to 12 year old kid is processing that is all of you abandoned me all of you weren't there for me yeah. and there's not a whole lot of difference between anakin and obi-wan in her eyes for like 10 years Mm -hmm. Also, bear in mind, she is like at the oldest 22 or something. Yes. And yeah, so, like, yeah. that's like a big part of the way that like her decision making works. She's mm -hmm. still also, they say uh, trauma tends to halt your like emotional evolution and all that sort of stuff, especially when you're growing up in a vacuum, like being trained to be an inquisitor trained to hunt people like you so yes. she is the her childishness her immaturity is the direct result of those events which is why i thought it was wild that i kept hearing how childish she was <laughs> it is the it is just more validation of her acting choices because yep. that's exactly who she's supposed to be. Yeah. It's exactly who she's supposed to be. Yeah. And if you think about her interaction with Leia and how Leia seemed like a kid who was playing older and she, it, it felt like she was talking to adult to a child. Yes. She was just operating on the same base level, you know, mm -hmm. like even when she was trying to appeal to her psyche, she didn't see much of a difference. Like, you know, and then the fact that she keeps saying an old man and a child. When she was a child, she wasn't worth saving to someone. She wasn't worth protecting. They found her in the gutters, as Homeboy said. So, like, she didn't think that anyone would care enough to protect a child. And a lot of her venom that she has towards Leia is probably due to the fact that she's like, why is Obi-Wan working so hard to protect her when he couldn't do that for me? For me. Yeah, and like to that point too, Obi-Wan also sent out that distress call saying to everyone like, hey, don't come back to the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Furthering that, hey, there was no help and anyone that would have come to help her wasn't 
Obi-Wan was the one to send out that message. So just piggybacking off the top of that point. Yeah, it's didn't do a whole lot for her. <laughs> so it's just sort of like when you think about it like that and you see how far he's going to protect Leia. The fact that she was like, no one is coming for you. She wasn't saying that to manipulate her. She was saying that because she deadass believed that, even though she knew Obi-Wan was alive. She legitimately believed he wasn't going to come to rescue her because no one came to rescue her. Yeah, yeah. And that's just a mad, that, like the way Brody piggybacked off of that to make it make sense canon-wise. And in how much... Like it does suck that Obi Wan, but it's it Obi Wan did that out of good faith because he was like, I thought I was doing something right, and in that moment he was probably thinking, Wow, I mean, what I thought was doing, what I was thought I was doing right, it, it had a it had a negative effect on this one character, on this one person, and I think that will will affect him for a while going throughout until even he's even Alec Guinness. I would Uh, even argue that he feels that way about Anakin, right? Like there's lots of parallels of Obi-Wan thinking he did the right thing. He left Anakin to die in Mustafar. I am what you made me like. There's a lot of parallels here. No. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And then talking about parallels, um, what similarities? We're going to talk about Tala's death. Tala's death, like Rogue One, it, I, I would have loved to see her make it through this and then also make it through Andor uh, because I think she would have been a pretty significant person to help the Rebellion, um, especially with everything that she is she was doing in, in this show and being undercover. Um, but here's a parallel. Uh, what similarities are shown between Tal- Tala's death and Obi-Wan's death in, new- in A New Hope? Uh, what common threads are between them? I mean, aside from the fact that it's sacrifice for the greater good. Yes. Um, and it's a, a deliberate a deliberate choice. There's the moment of looking on, saying, like, I see that you've got it from here. I'm going to do what needs to be done. Um, yeah, I just sort of think that like, not that I'm more sad about Ned, but like, (laughs) no, I hear you. I hear you. (laughs) It is just, (laughs) (laughs) no, keep that up there. there. I mean, I mean, seriously though, like, come on. (laughs) But yeah, no, like. Yeah, our boy did what needed to be done, as droids consistently do, especially when they align themselves um, with one side or another. And yeah, it's just frustrating because there's just so little thought put into the fact that like these beings at are all 100%, even the the battle droids pass our galaxy's version of of Turing tests. They are sentient by our galaxy's definition of that, or our our planet's definition of that. So like, it's always really hard when droids are the only people, as much as we like to pretend, or we don't anymore, but like, as much as the Jedi like to think they're acting selflessly and they're doing truly selfless things, the only people sincerely acting selflessly in um, Star Wars, 
have been the droids, aside from some that have reached what I just comfortably call hypersentience, like R2 and like L337. Um, what about Chopper? And K2SO. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of mainly on that scene. Yeah, same. And yeah, Chop, Chop too. Well, we can put Chops in that category. Um, They're all acting from from, like self-preservation. And while also allegiance, while still having that droid uh, loyalty that's there to the people that they're aligned with. And they, but at the end of the day, it's they're acting in self-preservation because they know that the empire isn't going to take care of them on the same degree that like they could have a human compatriot that actually cares about them. So anyway, sorry, that's a tangent. I, but it was the sort of like true selflessness of Tala's actions. Um, Her seeing what Ned gave and her being like, yo, I got to do the same at this point. Here's my, here's another question for the, for anybody that wants to answer it. Do you think Obi-Wan at that moment when he dies in a new hope, Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered, and boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Had that thought of this is this is what Tala did. And it's kind of like that. It, he's not necessarily mostly thinking about that because we because we already know what he's already thinking about from a certain point of view kind of gives us everything that he is thinking about. But do you think that is there a is there a part of Obi Wan that might have looked back on that and thought? No, because I think that he didn't learn how to sacrifice from Tala. I think he learned what sacrifice was on his own, and I their their deaths are very similar in a way, as a, like it gives them hope and it pushes forward the story. Mm-hmm. And Tala's sacrifice was amazing. Um, it was sad. And with her saying, with her shooting the door, shooting the panel, closing it as Obi-Wan's face like slowly just disappears, she ignites the thermal detonator and it just diverts the forces back and it allows them to escape. And it was just like how Obi-Wan was. It was like he sacrificed himself and allowed Luke, Han, Leia, and Chewie to escape. But what 
Obi-Wan did was he looked at, he looked over and he saw that for the first time in his life, he sees Luke and Leia together for the first time. Yeah, that too. Yeah, and he sees like, my mission's complete. They're right. of age. They are ready to take control of this mission. My job is done. Yeah. Holds it up. Yeah. So it's like they their sacrifice had like the same purpose, but they both had very very different meanings. Okay. I I don't I don't think um I don't think Obi Wan ever planned on getting off the Death Star. Oh no! Like like as soon as soon as he saw it, he 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 had no plans of leaving that space station. Well, I I would also argue that Tala also knew that if it came down to it she would sacrifice herself at the end of the day right but i i think i think going in as soon as soon as vader saw the death star and said that's no moon he had no intention of leaving it he he knew he knew what he was doing yeah he was like this is this is it yeah brody oh no go ahead xor finish your thought because he like this is this is again he he's at this point he's old like you can see it He's old in his bones. Like the way yeah. he sits down in his hut, um, you know, he, he the way the way he leans against against the uh, the table when he's when he's training Luke. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's having a hard time holding on to everything, and so he knows as soon as he sees the Death Star, he knows he knows what it is. He knows Vader's there. He knows he's not getting off. And also, uh, Qui Gon did tell him that the end was coming. He didn't know how, he didn't know when, but he just knew. And and I find that it, the way Claudia Gray wrote that story is so freaking good. So good. It was the Master and Apprentice before Master yeah. and Apprentice. Yeah. Uh Brody. Yeah, I don't think he was th- you know thinking about Tala in any way in that moment. Again, maybe maybe he could have th- thought of every sacrifice that meant something to him in that moment and Glean some inspiration to muster up the courage. I don't know, but I don't think so. I think, uh, but going back to that scene and thinking about Tala's sacrifice, I don't know if anyone else was getting this. Maybe it was just me, but I was getting some like very serious Rogue One vibes. Yeah. I don't know how the score Mm -hmm. was done, the way it was filmed coming down that hallway. It just seemed like, all right, all hope is lost unless someone gives up their life for the greater good. Yeah, it was pretty moving and uh, definitely took me back to watching Rogue One in that time. So that's what I was thinking of when I saw that scene. No, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and then, I mean, ultimately, so then we get uh, Obi-Wan getting captured. Uh, How is Obi-Wan's capture reminiscent of something that he would have done during the Clone Wars, specifically the Clone Wars movie when he uh, openly surrenders and starts negotiating. Uh, it's different, but it is kind of similar. Uh, why do you think Obi-Wan falls on negotiation no, negotiation before fighting? Because he's a Jedi. That's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> You're not wrong. Obi-Wan's... And he says it- he says it. He says it to Anakin in the in the flashback. Something along the lines of like, "Your aggression, the, yeah, yeah." This is the aggression is a, is a last resort. You're, you're not. We don't fight to end lives. Lie. We fight to save them. Yes. Like. <laughs> yeah, but also, uh, yeah, you can't say he's just simply the negotiator as the answer. 
as he cho- chooses negotiation over over right. fighting. But like like that's that's what they're supposed to do. And, and his master was freaking Qui Gon Jinn, who was a great duelist in his own right. But like, you know, he, that that was that was the last choice. That was always supposed to be the last choice for a Jedi. I was gonna say I wouldn't say it's negotiation. I think it's it plays in what Obi Wan was talking to Reva about. It's yes. he knew that Reva was so dead set on killing Vader's, like how Anakin was so dead set on killing Obi Wan that he could just turn those two against each other. It was like it was an easy move because he was like I wouldn't say it's negotiation. It was Obi Wan outsneaking both of his enemies. Yeah, it mm-hmm. seemed like that manipulation. Like all right, the Sith's greatest weakness and their 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 is their passion. It's where they derive all their strength from. If she's so focused on me, I'm going to play into that, manipulate her, so to get yeah. exactly what we need, which is the hell off this planet. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's what it seemed like was going on there, more than just even just negotiating. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Nidra. Oh, I was just saying I'm back. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. <laughs> no but that, I feel like that rolls right into the next question. So we see Reva talking to both Obi-Wan and and obviously Vader during out throughout this whole episode. But they are both using they are both playing the game of chess. And she is both of their pawn. She's she's the pawn for both of them. They are able to manipulate her in such a way because it's like Obi-Wan sees a lot of Anakin in her and he knows what she wants and he is willing to help to get that so that she can that she can get what she wants and he can get the hell off the planet. But Vader doesn't necessarily catch on to that until it's too damn late. And it's so interesting uh, to see that play out. How was Reva used as a pawn for both Obi-Wan and Vader? There's a difference there. Um, Obi-Wan's doing what he's doing for the right reasons. And he... He goes so far as to tell you, he's like, look, I, I know what's going on, but, you know, it's not going to end well. You know that. Like, he's he's not... He's not using her as... as a tool the same way that Vader is. No. Really. It's, it's just... I, I think he, he knows how to pull those strings, but he's not doing it malicious, uh, maliciously. He's trying to help in a way, but he's also like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he also gave her a chance. He's like, listen, just walk the fuck away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it. and she cut the door down. It's like, okay, well, uh, this is what we're doing, I guess. Well, like, follow up kind of question to that is how do you think Reva interprets that for being used as a pawn from both sides? Because, like, Oh, As yeah. the audience, we're all like, well, we, we don't blame Obi-Wan. That's the only thing he had to do. But from Reva's point of view, I feel like it's different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no she's, she's, yeah, it's it's not going to end well. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, anybody else got anything to add on that? Just Obi-Wan's pure brilliance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so we're getting close to the end of the episode. Okay, I was just waiting for everyone else to go if no one else. Okay, go, Nidra. 
So I've been saying that this is this is the trolley problem, the series. And the trolley problem <laughs> is the thought experiment where you have a single person on one track um, and you could or a single person on a railroad track and you could like hit the person <laughs> and save everyone on board the train or you could divert the train and crash in, you know, at first thoughts. Like, oh, obviously it's like the easiest decision. You, you know, hit the person and save the mini, but then like you can start adding all of these conditions that start to make it real muddy. And so like when you're thinking about Luke and Leia in the grand scheme of things, it is, uh, Obi-Wan is operating completely under that same notion. My job is to protect the boy. I've put Leia with Bail Organa and them. And so he's like, she's safe. I just have to watch this boy and make sure he's fine. And then Leia ends up falling into his lap as a problem also. And so he's doing at the end of the day, what is going to protect her. That's his end game. So even when he's considering the fact that he has the chance to do right by Riva, at the end of the day, he has to remember that the fate of the galaxy lies in the hands of Luke Skywalker. Like Luke is the, the, the one to save. Once I get Leia back to her safe place, I have to be there on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. And so like, Ultimately, what ends up happening is you constantly keep seeing these casualties um, to this narrative. And Riva, yet again, is a casualty to this um, chosen one prophecy. Like, it, yet again, the serving of this prophecy, which, like, even Mace Windu was like, dog, what are we doing? Like, once again, Riva is taking an L at the expense of that. And I think that's, like, the saddest part of that is just, like, knowing that that probably really hurt her. Hey, Depa. Um, mm -hmm. Knowing that that probably really hurt her. But at the same time, I think she maybe got a lesson in um, knowing, like, Vader saw an opportunity in not killing her because he knew that because of her past trauma... He could point at Obi-Wan and be like, see, he left you, like left you, left you. But you know, I could have just dooku'd you right quick because yes. I had two sabers, but I didn't. So do you want to serve me or do you want to serve this order that has abandoned you many times? If I were Reva personally, I can't fully think it out. But what I would do is uh, go to Tatooine and train with, uh, with Obi-Wan. I would train with Obi-Wan just completely so I could get stronger and we could try this again. That's probably not what's going to happen. No. And <laughs> Obi-Wan also remembers the mission with Quinlan Voss. That, that ain't happening. Oh, yes. Dark Disciple. That, that, that just Small book. Happen. Love that freaking book. Here. Oh, my God. It's such a good book. Yeah. <laughs> Did I miss something? What? Oh, I thought you, um, well, you, were, you, were, you were unmuted, so I thought you were going to say something. Oh no. We lost her. Oh no. Oh no, she was just on the. I'm oh. here. 
What okay, you are okay. You were you're, you're still kind of weird. frozen for us. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. We got Sorry. you. No, you're fine. Okay. I'm here. Um, yes. So uh, everyone's mentioned everything. I I I was I think uh, in my own galaxy far far away because I was thinking about this video. Nijo was talking about how he had the dual lightsabers, and I I agree. Vader left her alive for a reason. Um, I also think that whole dramatic it was it was classic anakin, anakin quick like, yeah like you know the whole like i'm here and then the quiz i keep calling him quizzy uh grand inquisitor comes in so dramatic anakin, like yeah but um something that i thought was really interesting i don't know if you guys know jedi connor on tiktok but he pointed yes. out i think Nietzsche will like this um when he broke the sabers and yeah he was in the he was in the ahsoka position that whole that whole um i don't know if i'm making sense at no all. you are what no, i'm trying are. to say is that it would there were just so many like parallels and so many callbacks and so many moments um that were just Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just love Star Wars. I, I can't say it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't even touching that part of it, too. Like, that, like, that was a lesson that yeah. he was teaching her. And you could just tell he was back in his, like, master... Exactly. Oh, he was in his pocket in that moment where he yeah. knew, like, yeah, he. Oh. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, I completely understand you, Kier. Like, there's sometimes there's not enough words to explain how much we love this franchise. So, no, and like yeah. I said in your video about it, that was the most Anakin thing he's ever done. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> for sure, absolutely. The way he just like, like to talk about that fight. Like I feel like I, I think Kara said it on Duel of the Ranks last night. Like it's one of the best choreographed like saber fights out there. Like in the way that like you can just see Vader's power from him taking down the ship and then him just bossing up Reva and not even igniting his own lightsaber is just how much he is just like not going to he's like, You are not worth me grabbing my own weapon out. Okay, I am going to say, here's why I, if I were Reva, why I would go and train with Obi-Wan. Okay. Um, because we consistently see that she is stunted as a combat person. Like, she can only do so much, right? Like, she's nice. she's not anywhere near the level of some, like, truly great Jedi because they were trained by Jedi. Yes. I don't think Darth Vader was in there teaching them how to do their stuff. Oh, hell no. So, he was just wrecking them. 
Right. And I feel like that's by design. Like it's a feature, not a bug. Right. Yes. And so like, if you truly want to one day kill this fucking guy and, (laughs) and like get your revenge, you cannot do it with the things that people who learned however in that space with the malicious intent that exists in that space um you can't you can't do that with that but if you have someone who's who trained the guy you're trying to take out who um also has this similar motivations you can tuck your tail between your legs and go to tatooine and go okay we have a common enemy here's what's up yeah that's why I that's why that's what I would do personally. Yeah. I wouldn't go back to Vader. No, I I, I think going back to Vader would be a very poor decision. Brody, your thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean I I think the one big thing that stuck out to me with everything we've been saying is that taking that Ahsoka stance. I would think I brought that up last night too. I just again, Ahsoka's my favorite Star Wars character. This last few minutes, I'm like, oh wait, that's that, that reminds me of Rogue One. Oh wait, that's Soka Stance. Oh my gosh, it's like it's it, it, there's so many callbacks in that last few minutes yeah. that it's the exact same thing as the beginning of the episode. You're freaking out, just like almost screaming, excited because again, it's like the Attack of the Clones, and then there's these callbacks to Clone Wars, and there's these callbacks to Rogue One. It's just. It was a beautiful, beautiful end sequence. Um, I don't even remember what the original question was. No, it's all <laughs> as far good. As it's all being good. Reva being used or whatever, but yep. no, I again, if she has any sort of next steps, my initial thought was, yeah, she's gonna go try to kidnap Luke or something on Tatooine. But I love that other storyline of saying, hey, maybe she's like, you know what? I need some training because clearly there's a ceiling here, and I've hit it. And I'm not getting any higher. So that would be cool. That would be cool to see some, if she was able to have that internal discovery and moving forward, going into that for next steps, I think. That would be really cool for Reva's character because, again, I'd like to see her with a little bit more a little bit more skill with the lightsaber, a little bit stronger of a force user. Because Obi-Wan, I mean, it's been a minute since he's been in his pocket. And those doors open and he's able to just do like just a pretty quick force push on her. And she goes back like 25 feet or something. So, and she's practicing every day. She's cutting down people every day. You know, she's, she's always in her bag and she's still not on his level. So I would love to see what a little bit of time with Obi-Wan Kenobi could do for her game. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Infinitely blowing my mind how these people who claim to love star Wars cannot just sit with it long enough and think like they like i just and i said this on the other thing i did like people just deciding that because from episode one it doesn't look exactly like their headcanon that they pulled some guy off the street from like teen beach movie or something that like <laughs> you know that like to direct it no shade to whoever directed that movie oh my god just like someone just caught astray <laughs> someone just caught the wildest stray i am so sorry but like you know like they, there's just this, like this this refusal to engage with the fact that like the star wars canon lore at this point is larger than like you could have imagined when you were like 15 you know or like eight or like whatever you found it like you know 
And like, it's just kind of really hard (laughs) for me to think about how people are just dead ass robbing themselves of this better than drugs. uh, I've heard (laughs) of experience of experiencing Obi-Wan Kenobi in your bedroom or wherever your TV is every (laughs) (laughs) bye. Experiencing uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in your bedroom. I just want to say that, that you brought this up, and, it, and it's it's freaking perfect. So it's always like so. Let, let's all agree that like Star Wars, especially when we get into the Skywalker saga, is 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 camp. It's 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 this ridiculous, silly, awesome story, right? It's it's not this high art form that people think it is. But then we get a show like this that is beautifully done, perfectly paced, it impels you or compels you to think about what's really going on and how it all fits together. We get a show that is taking Star Wars and elevating it to that space they claim to think it's already there and they hate it. It's just like. It's yes. the purest form of absurdity. It's. it's Mm. yeah yeah um i think that's a good way to end i thought this was going to be a two-hour episode but like i i think i think we've talked about as much as we can about this episode unless anybody has anything to add um but i mean just to like well the closing question i would have to say is what do you think's going to happen in the finale what do you think's gonna what think what do you think reva's gonna do what do you think about obi-wan and vader what do you think who do you think is going to show up? Do you think what's going to happen on Tatooine? What's going to happen? If Qui Gon doesn't show up, I will riot. Qui Gon, Qui Gon, no, 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 no. hold on, hold on, hold on. Qui Gon is showing up. I can't guarantee you that it is in Force. That's fine. But you I'll will, you will, I don't you will, care. Yeah, yeah. Thing. You will he, hear showed up, he showed up in Atlanta. That's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Tales of the Jedi. He's going to be in Kenobi. Oh, yeah. Tales of the Jedi <laughs> yeah, is, right, is like, great. Mm. Yeah. But I, I think I think you're going to get you're going to get Qui-Gon. I so we got concept art uh, way back. And also it was Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow's birthday today or yesterday? That was, was yesterday. that was yesterday. Yesterday. Well, happy belated birthday from the Pod Ones podcast. I know she's watching. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the director for Teen you, Beach movie. Director for Teen Beach movie definitely is watching. Uh, he should be. He's <laughs> just like he's just like I'm I'm sure he, Nidra, Nidra, he needs to be watching. He need he needs to be watching because if he did, he'd learn something. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. 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 Uh so uh, we uh, I, 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 we got concept art early on. Uh, in that one thing that we got. Uh, uh, damn it, Ben! Now you got me thinking about that scene, uh, which will be awesome. Uh, okay, Reva making it through Is that. I could see. I mean, everybody's been talking about her going in in. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Obi Wan. Yeah, hey, this is why I love when Nidra comes on because it's complete chaos, but it's necessary <laughs> chaos. And we need uh, chaos. so I think. Well, obviously we're gonna get Owen in Baru, obviously, but I think I think we're going to get Vader and Obi Wan on Mustafar. 
because uh, of the because are you saying that because of the, the concept, concept art? art that we got in November? Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Poetry. Star Wars is like poetry. It fucking rhymes. Like every well, the single wasn't time. necessary, but we understand. Like, <laughs> like I said on my video, I released like like right as the podcast started. Anakin's just petty. He's gonna be like, "All right, yeah. Obi Wan, we're going back to Mustafar. I'm gonna beat you here this time." Round two. <laughs> Round two. We're running it back. Round yeah. two. <laughs> Fight. Do yeah. we know it's Mustafar? It just looked like lava to me. And, uh, I, and that was served well, in episode well, two or three. Well, Luke, yeah. wait, I'm forgetting. When does Vader Immortal take place in the canon timeline? Mirror uh, one. Yeah, near, before, yeah, okay. near you wrote so one. Mustafar still has lava. Okay. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah it's all it, it doesn't have stop having lava until after it, Vader Immortal. And yeah, that's why then it takes even then it takes up until the sequel trilogy in The Rise of Skywalker to even have shrews or trees, you know. And it's not it, like they it, it takes forever for that planet to like recover, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, but I, I. What I want is for him to take off the helmet and just show Obi Wan. You, you already got him. that moment. Episode I three. got the moment a little bit. If I get that, I will cease to fucking exist. exist. I just feel like you're not because also, yeah, no, you're not gonna like the the, the taking <laughs> off of the helmet moment was yeah. so powerful in A New Hope for a reason, and I don't think they're gonna do that. In oh, you mean you mean like, Return of the Jedi? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah there you go. Okay. That could be the one original trilogy movie that was just like eight hours long. But no, like, uh, yeah, I feel like that is one thing that I feel like if they have that be a thing that happens, it's sort of like. Also, yeah, he can't breathe without the helmet, right? But he can. What? He can. He can. He can. Blue. He's got the force. Um, uh, Kenny, Vader can... Immortal is canon. Well, yes. like, yeah. It is canon. Yeah, it is canon. No, I, I think can't. I meant I meant more from like an emotional standpoint or an impactful yes. standpoint. Like, yeah, that's why it was so big when he took it off for for Luke because it was him doing something that Luke didn't clock would absolutely kill him. Everyone you in know? the chat, spam X. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree with this one. All right, whatever, whatever. If it happens, y'all can just. I just don't get it. Luke. Like, I get like earlier in the show, like you already got that moment. Why, I, I, why I, I go got, back? Why I, I go got, back? I got the moment. You're, you're just like, I want more. I, want, I, I know just, I shouldn't. I should. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly me right now. Yeah. No, I don't. I, think I, it, I've yeah. Been, I've been really, really. I ever since I got that moment, I've been pretty much just like, whatever. That's fine. you're like, no, I need it again. Well, I, I do. I do, I do now. I do now because I'm selfish. But I mean, anything like this. This lightsaber battle is just gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be golden. Gonna be, uh, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be amazing. Gonna be it's gonna be also, amazing. what if they gave us like No Country for Old Men, where we didn't get a lightsaber battle because we already got the lightsaber battle. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I, I think last Jedi, yeah. everyone subvert the expectations. Yeah, um, but they know. already promised it to us. No, they didn't. They promised us the yeah, rematch. The rematch of the century. That was an episode. It, it, three. That was the rematch yeah. of the century. You're yeah. right. Like, I, I would agree with you if they didn't promise it to us. That's but that's they, all I'm saying. I know, and then they delivered it. 
Or also, please also bear in mind, they didn't say who was the rematch of the century. So bold of you guys to assume it's it's Vader and Obi-Wan. It could very easily be Reva after training with Obi-Wan. Yeah. Get on board, bitches. I am here for and uh, and Chris. Um, so Chris, we're doubting Luke on uh, all right, his all right. theory on Vader to. taking off his helmet. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, all right, I, I'm I wrong. Know. I'm I wrong. But let's get everybody else's entire show. Let's get, let's get everybody's. Let's get everybody's <laughs> thoughts, and and we'll move. We'll we'll move on. Well, Luke, I mean, I guess I understand you taking the helmet off can be like that emotional aspect might happen. You know, where he like emotionally reveals himself to Vader and it's more than just like a lightsaber battle that I could get on board with. But the actual yeah. physical helmet, I don't know. Well, yeah. we'll see. We'll what see. if the rematch of the century? What if the rematch of the century is Darth Maul showing up? Fuck <laughs> you. Shut up, me, Chad. You have gone too far this time. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Like yeah, dead ass, there's something else happening and we just hear. And he just runs it <laughs> like Obi Wan on Mustafar. God help oh, me! Just getting louder. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, what? Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with Brody. Brody, where can the good people follow you? And and what are, what do you want to see from the finale? Well, yeah. If you want to follow me, check out Duel the Ranks, duelranks.com, at Duel the Ranks at uh, Twitter, TikTok. All that good stuff. Instagram, uh, where our team will put out a lot of good content there. What I would love to see out of the finale, Ahsoka Tano. In some way, if she made any appearance whatsoever, I don't care if it's a flashback. I don't care if if she was incorporated in the most minor way. That'd be huge. Just connecting the prequel characters with a character that was made afterwards. And again, Dave Filoni's beloved project. Would love to see those three on screen in some capacity before the series is done. Xcore? Um, so you can find me at Xcore Gamer Skills everywhere, uh, primarily uh, TikTok. I also have a podcast that is on hiatus right now that you can find on YouTube at Conspiracy Cantina. Um, <laughs> I have... <laughs> Wait. It's <laughs> just a robot chicken. So, Somebody made um, that please. There's there's a couple things for for the for the end. Of, I I don't know how they're going to wrap this show up in one more episode. It, I I don't I don't know how. So Star Wars lawyer, our friend Chris says uh, we we still need an explanation for the Obi Wan once thought. Yes. Of Yes, that's another thing. And and so also, I, I've I've been saying since before this show was even announced, um, we need an explanation when Obi Wan says or when Vader says to Obi Wan, "You should not have come back," and for why Obi Wan immediately knew that the Death Star wasn't a moon. I have said since before the show started, and you can go find my TikToks that. The rematch of the century was going to take place on the Death Star before it's complete. 
That's a stretch, but I will. I, I, you can, you can. It's I, not going to happen can, if, now. If but... I can't have my emotional scene, you can't have your Death Star scene, X Corps. <laughs> wasn't that have my emotional scene? You Wait, can't wasn't have that... that ties everything back in the camera? Bill... <laughs> Go ahead, DJ. Wasn't that built on like Geonosis or like uh, whatever that? It jumped from place to place. Um, it started construction uh, in Geonosis shortly after the Clone Wars. Uh, <laughs> you're true. Good point, Camilla. Good point. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, we've gotten to the point in this show where everybody in the chat starts roasting everybody on the show. I love it. Uh, but uh, here, yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Mandalorian, which is down here. Um, and what I want from the finale, other than Qui-Gon something, <laughs> is I just, I really want, like, emotional, um, well, what, what am I trying to say? I, 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 I think Star Wars is the best Star Wars when it goes into multiple levels. Yes, I would love a lightsaber scene. Yes, I would love cameos. But I really want the emotional resonance that I think this show is driving at, is building on. And I think the more we get of that, the more more of an impact it will have on future canon and past lore. So I'm really fascinated how they're gonna wrap this up in one episode, but I think the more like uh, depth we have, the better it's gonna be. And I fully, fully expect Deborah Chow and the whole team yeah. to deliver it. Exactly. I just don't know exactly what it's gonna look like. And for our all-star, the one with the tangents, <laughs> the one and only Nidra. Where can the good people follow you, and what's your what do you want to see from the final episode? Hi, I'm your tangerine dream, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next time you come on the show, I'm referring to as the tangerine dream. So absolutely, I'll deliver. Um, my expectations for the finale is I don't like I don't know if it's canon yet that the the finale is actually like a feature length film. It's an hour uh, from what, like, because, like, there's, there's like, uh, the final episode's, like, an hour and 20, but there's, like, a 20-minute Q&A in the theater releasing, so I assume it's gonna be, like, an hour around that mm -hmm. kind of ballpark. Okay, so, so it's canon now. It's official. I feel, like it, I feel like it's, like, an hour to 15-minute episode. So it's official, though. Like, it's gonna be that long. Yeah, because you, if you do the math of the theater showing, it's an I hour can't do and 30 plus 20 to 30-minute <laughs> Q&A. Yeah, it's, it's an hour. No. Okay. Hour Cool. Okay. Well, then, in that case, I'm, I'm tippering my expectations dependent solely on that, yes. right? Because yeah. there's only so much you can do in 30 to 40 minutes versus yeah. an hour and 20 minutes. And so I'm, I'm never married to anything I say. I'm never married to a theory. I am all about killing my darlings and killing them gruesomely. But, like, <laughs> I... I feel like if Reva has a sliver of like good sense, she'd go train with Kenobi. And the rematch of the century is her and Vader fighting for their freaking lives with Kenobi helping to the best of his ability while doing something else, protecting so I don't know, whatever's going on. But like, I don't think the rematch of the century is the rematch that we see again in a new, you know, like I, I don't, I just don't see how that reconciles. 
Um, it feels a little like a red herring. It feels a little bit like a middle finger to the people who want to devalue Reva as a character and also devalue the impact that Vader has had on her and the impact that Obi-Wan not helping her has had on him. And that might be how we get Qui-Gon. Like, like it, it, that might be the connection that brings him to do what's right. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not married to this idea. I got my, my cities, my, my Darth cities going. So like I, the shows that I'm not like completely committed to this idea, but I think that, um, I think that all I want is a, a rock solid story. Um, I just want good moments. I, I, this has been, I feel like everything we've been given is serving a story. And before I knew Deborah Chow directed my favorite episode of Mr. Robot, which is Brave Traveler, which is episode one, episode six from season one of Mr. Robot, I knew that I could trust her because of the way she absolutely didn't care about servicing this loud cluster of fans that have kind of driven, um, the way that Star Wars has been perceived online. She's not serving them. She's serving the story. She's serving the art. And she's serving what's best for the story. Because once you start doing stuff that exists in a universe as big as Star Wars, it's really fucking hard to do fan service. Yeah, absolutely. And where can we find you? Oh, (laughs) sorry. Uh, Nidra loves cosplay everywhere except Twitter. I'm Nidra loves Jedi. Sorry. Wow. Ask me uh, what my name is, and that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harith. Uh, you can find me at Harith Productions on TikTok and every Thursday and Friday on here at Pod Ones. And predictions? Oh, I already said it. Go watch my TikTok. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, uh, okay. All right. Big, big, big swing in over here. Uh, Char. Where can the good people follow you on the social medias? I almost good people. You can find me on TikTok at charcharge as spelled right here, and you can find me here every Thursday night as we cover our Clone Wars rewatch. Next week we'll be covering the Mall on Mandalore arc. Big and big fabo. As long as we're not finding Char in the kitchen, I think we're okay. (laughs) No, we're not starting this again. We're not starting this again. Run it back. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Gotta love it. Okay. Literally, this is this is me after hearing that comment. <laughs> um, I was waiting to use that, but uh, you can also find me on uh, Fridays with uh, our Kenobi rewatch. We'll be covering uh, the season finale next week with oh, a whole me. bunch of people, and oh. uh, we are uh, excited to see what we'll be getting. And uh, my predictions for the finale is we'll we'll hear Qui Gon. Yeah. We don't need to see Qui Gon. But we will we will hear him. We have to. There's there's I just feel like that this show would just be it's it's amazing, but I feel like it would sell it short if there was no Qui-Gon. Especially especially you mentioned especially like with Tales of the Jedi with Liam Neeson being brought back into Star Wars. It's I feel like that it's inevitable. And I think that Obi-Wan is going to I don't think re because Reva is because she hears the transmission and she hears Bill talk about Owen and what happened with the events of the first episode. Uh, so Reva's going to go to Tatooine back to the homestead and understand that since Bail Organa was talking, 
Bale is the father of Leia, the daughter that Obi-Wan was with. So since Bale knows about the boy, that means that they're related. So I don't know what Reva's going to do, but she's going to do something. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but something's going to go down on Tatooine. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, y'all can uh, uh, check out. Oh Jesus! <laughs> All right. Good thing this is about I, where the time. Where I, we I end think the, I think that's end. Legends. I don't. I can't really confirm it. You know, I met him in person. Um, you never know. <laughs> uh, you can find me at the Pod Ones Podcast on TikTok, Pod, the Pod Ones Pod on Instagram, and at Pod Ones Podcast on Twitter. Next week we will be doing a live reaction with dyad in the force we will be on with uh nerdy hands uh we've got uh not a kyber alanis harith i char and mara dot j skywalker beth on for the finale and then friday we will also have dyad in the force on the round table uh, with Star Wars Facts Guy Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Nice. and Beth and Camilla, both part of it at I like the Open Circle. Open, oh my gosh. The open Circle Facts. Fleet. So we will, you guys will have to tune in to that. Um, we might also, after this whole show ends, we will be possibly doing a rewatch of the Kenobi series on stream lounge. So you guys will have to check that out. We will have more details on that, but that is it for this round table. Thank you everybody for showing up. Sorry for the technical difficulties in the beginning and uh, for light and for life. We are all the Republic and may the force be with you. Always. Always. See you guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.